0: Did it get here? Where did it come from,
1: gentlemen? do You realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror?
2: That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. from outer space. Roland.
1: What the American public doesn't know is what makes them the American public. Ray Zelensky.
0: An old trick well done is far better than a new trick with no effect. Harry Houdini.
2: UFO is a joke when there ain't mystery in the sky. Toba Beta.
1: And welcome back to the podcast from outer space. It's your boy Rob Scott. We got Billy the Kid, aka the Korean Cowboy in the studio.
2: Howdy universe.
1: And as always, it's Ryan Scott.
0: How we doing everybody?
1: And this is episode 116, where we will be talking about MJ-12, also known as the Majestic 12, also known as the top secret research committee formed by none other than Harry S. Truman.
0: Yes, kicking off Alien Summer, uh, which I guess technically was last month's episode, but uh, now we are officially into summer. School is out, the sun is shining, it's hot as the devil's dick outside, and we are getting into a classic case of UFO history. As Rob said, today's episode is on The Majestic 12, aka Magic, with a J, aka MJ-12 for the tactical abbreviation.
1: And it is officially summer now. It is after the 21st. Oh, okay,
0: yes. So, Alien Summer, um, here we go. Is upon us. (laughs) Yeah. Now, really, this comes at a perfect time. You know, I mean, it's no secret. Last episode, uh, I think I had a bit of a rant, we'll say, at the end of that episode about all the rabbit holes I found myself in with the current state of the UFO world, you know? Um, And... How we could kind of, you know, focus on connecting the dots, getting to the bottom of all this alien jib jab going on in the news. You remember that uh,
1: rant? Jib jab. I like that one.
0: Yes. Now, now, funnily enough, in the last episode, I believe we kicked it off by talking about, like, you know, the pace of the news cycle, uh, new stuff coming out, the UAP UFO stuff. It's an ongoing issue, a developing story, and since. Our last episode, gentlemen, on Arrow, the proverbial shit has seemed to hit the proverbial fan. Uh, You know, we got this new gentleman coming out, David Charles Grush or Gersh. Uh, He's he's blowing the whistle like too short on uh, government secrecy, some sort of special crash retrieval program. Uh, We've got wreckage, we've got bodies. Intelligent life exists, and it's been here a long time. If we choose to believe this guy. You know, this is another big if true scenario. Uh, and, you know, we see this all the time. Someone claims this is going on, an insider, a whistleblower, someone with a trusted, unidentified, top-level government source. There's allegedly some evidence. It gets all hyped up, but ultimately stays under wraps or is just completely flagrantly debunked. Um, you know, I mean... We've seen this with Gregory Corso, John Lear, Bill Lazar, Bill Cooper, Gary Nolan, Stephen Greer, Lou Elizondo, and now this David Gersh character. Uh, And with all of these guys, more or less the story has remained the same, or at least the central parts of the story. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it's disinfo, misinfo, or perhaps it's all true, you know? Um, because it's no secret, you know, the whole mythology in the UFO realm on special government programs, secret alien tech, uh, possible first contact with off world intelligence seems to have been a developing story, quote unquote, for the last 75 years or so. Well, again, like we were saying last episode. Uh, now, today we are getting into one of the major historical events in UFO circles that sort of shaped how we think about tales of UFOs coupled with government deception. Uh, you know, does a secret shadow government organization exist? If so, are they involved in retrieving extraterrestrial crafts, reverse engineering alien tech? Could they have possibly. Signed a treaty with these entities, all while keeping this under wraps from the general public. Let's take a look today as we get into the Majestic 12. Now, had you guys heard of MJ 12 before? And if so, do you remember when or wh- like how? What was the context you first heard it in? What do you remember? What do we got on MJ 12?
2: I honestly had never heard it before. Um, yeah, it was it was a first for me. But watching that documentary, I think, good lord, that thing was boring as shit. But <laughs> okay. I learned a lot, you know. Hopefully,
0: okay,
1: Rob, what do we got? I have heard of the Michael Jordan twelves, and I got to say, I'm not a big fan of them. But <laughs> MJ12, I think I I think we like briefly covered it on the when we got into like some Roswell research before.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Um, But other than just knowing that it was a top-secret committee, that's basically the extent of knowledge I had before watching, as Billy said, the god-awful documentary that we watched in preparation.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, we did watch a god-awful documentary, which... Let me try to remember the name of that one. I think it was like... uh Oh, it was UFO TV. It was MJ 12. Do you believe in magic spelled with a J, uh, which is actually free on YouTube. I'm freaking ticked off because I paid a dollar for it on, uh, Amazon Amazon? before I realized it was free on YouTube. But if you're so inclined, go ahead and check this thing out. Um, now, now for me, I think I heard of this one, you know, it's, I think it's mentioned in the X files quite a few times. um, also, Hal had given me Gregory Corso's book on Roswell, where he talks a bit about this. Um, you know, early kind of getting into aliens, um, that kind of stuff for me. And in the grand scheme of things, this is up there with like Roswell Conspiracy 101 type stuff. Um, now, now, as we were saying, for those not in the know, Majestic 12 is the code name of, of an alleged top secret research, development, and intelligence committee believed to have been formed under the leadership of President Harry S. Truman. Now, this alleged secret committee consisted of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in 1947 to investigate, recover, and subsequently cover up. Whatever crashed in the desert of Roswell, New Mexico, uh, and more or less seems
1: like a uh, seems like a lot of work to uh, retrieve a weather balloon. No,
0: well, if we're going off of this narrative, Rob, this was not in fact a weather balloon. This was an ET craft. You know, hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm
1: not, I'm not saying what we believe. I'm just saying okay. what was the official press release.
0: Okay, yes, yes, that was the cover-up story. You know, so these guys, I guess, would have been responsible for that. And more or less, you know, this committee, I guess, would set a precedent for any crashes to come in the future. Um, Now, UFOlogy seems to be divided on this topic, you know, as is always the case with a lot of these things. You got a camp of believers who support the legitimacy of the documents, while others consider them to be nothing more than an elaborate hoax. Uh, Whatever the case may be, Majestic 12 remains popular to this day, and this concept has seeped its way into pop culture, appearing in books like Carl Sagan's The Demon Haunted World and TV shows like The X-Files, Dark Skies, and The Umbrella Academy, and of course, History Channel's Ancient Aliens, uh, just to name a few. So, let me go ahead and set the scene here for you guys. Um take you back in time so you know imagine if you will and I'll, I'll get some good 80s music in here um, so the year is 1984 a gallon of gas was a dollar and 20 cents uh, the average price of a new home was 79 grand uh, the first Apple Macintosh personal computer had just hit the market Popular films and theaters included The Terminator, Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghostbusters, and Sixteen Candles. Ronald Reagan was re-elected president in a landslide victory over Democratic candidate Walter F. Mondale. Uh, Liechtenstein became the last country in Europe to grant women the right to vote. And the world learned of the famine in Ethiopia, where thousands of people had already died of starvation and 10 million more were possibly at risk. And back here in the good old US of A, crack cocaine was first introduced into Los Angeles and soon spread across the US in what became known as the crack
1: epidemic. You should just play 10 Crack Commandments.
0: And <laughs> Now, in December of 1984, a mysterious Manila envelope found its way through the mail slot of a one Jamie Chandra. He was a Los Angeles TV writer, producer, uh, and I really couldn't find too much else on this gentleman. Now, this envelope had no return address, but it did have a postmark from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the contents of the envelope were were an undeveloped roll of 35 millimeter film. Now, Shandra assumed that this was dropped off by his friend, Bill Moore. Uh, Bill Moore was a well-known ufologist at the time, and the two of them were scheduled to have a little dinner that evening. So he says, what the hell, you know, it's got to be from Bill. Uh, Is that Bill dropping this off? Uh, You know, he thinks it's Bill. Uh, Now...
2: (laughs) yeah i was dropping it off
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah now uh when shandra showed more the role of film he had never seen it before he said jamie i don't know what the hell you're talking about film what the fuck are you talking about uh he had never seen this thing before so from here they go to moore's home and develop the black and white film now upon developing the role What was revealed were pictures of an eight-page memo dated November 18th, 1952. Now, this later became known as the Eisenhower Briefing Memo. Uh, As we all know, Eisenhower became president after Truman, so he had to be briefed on this shit, you know? Now, Moore would also bring in fellow ufologist and Roswell investigator Stanton Friedman to assist in verifying the authenticity of of the MJ-12 briefing. So Chandra Friedman, and more, they didn't immediately go public with the documents. Instead, they spent nearly two and a half years trying to verify or debunk the legitimacy of Majestic 12. Now, there's pieces of this thing that are like right out of an action movie, like uh. They apparently would get these like cryptic postcards in the mail with clues to discover other documents that would confirm MJ12's existence. That type of shit. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But so these guys are kind of looking into this thing now. The whistle truly got blown in 1987 by UFO investigator named Timothy Good. Uh, the documents were received anonymously by Good who published them in his book, Above Top Secret. Now, allegedly, copies of the papers were also sent to other well-known ufologists, including Jenny Randall's Whitley Strieber and Timothy Good. Um, so, you know, some somebody out there in the government is just kind of, they're, they're like deep throat. They want these people to know what's going on. They're sliding these Documents, this film into all of these researchers' um, mailboxes, mail slots, whatever you want to call it, in hopes that they'll get published. Um, now, Timothy Good, as we saw, he goes public with this thing, so the monkey's out of the bottle. At this point, you know the documents are public now. Let's get into the contents of the document. So basically, or I guess, uh, do we want to pause here? Do we have any? Uh...
2: It's just interesting that the guy got random documents mailed to him from somewhere in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, it's just why. But I guess we'll get into that later on about the dis, you know disinformation theories and whatnot.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, We've got a ton of theories. Oh, well, oh Yeah. I guess, you we're know, we're definitely going to go down
2: that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, was this guy already like covering that type of stuff in LA or was, was that like a, at random?
0: Yeah. Shandara. Okay. So that's weird. Like I was saying, I couldn't find much else on the guy. Like some things quote him as a documentary filmmaker. Some say he's a TV producer. Others say he was a ufologist. I assume if he's meeting with more, they kind of had like a he probably had an idea of UFOlogy. Maybe he wasn't as invested as like more in Friedman, but I assume he had some interest in it and a, and that's why these were dropped off at his doorstep. Um, you know, but we've got some theories to unpack and some, I guess, uh, evidence to get into a little bit later. Um, but I guess, yeah, let's jump into the contents of this memo. So, um, as we said, roll a film, they develop it, pictures of documents. Now the documents are basically a memo written in 1952 by the director of the CIA advising president Eisenhower of the existence of a group of 12 scientists and military officials who were assembled in 1947 on the orders of president Truman in order to investigate a crash of the flying saw. Sauc- the crash of a flying saucer in Roswell, and to determine how best to deal with future UFO-related matters in the U.S. Now, the memo advised the president of the importance of the MJ-12 group and suggested that the project be continued. Now, one of their tasks was scientific development. Uh, But the main purpose was allegedly to follow all of the information that appeared on UFOs and analyze the data both from a scientific point of view and with the aim of, hey, how can we use this tech to improve or enhance or further um, American technology? You know, basically sounds pretty much exactly like what we're still doing today with uh, with Arrow and that type of shit. You know, they got scientists and who's he what's it's fucking analyzing all this shit these fucking videos um, sounds like the same deal um now the following individuals were described in the majestic 12 documents as designated members of majestic 12 now i have not changed the order these gentlemen were listed or their titles so this is how they appear in the document i have added a brief summary of what these gentlemen were up to so we can get a uh uh, we get a kind of grasp on this. So Admiral Roscoe Hillencotter, uh, he was a vice admiral in the U.S. before becoming the, I guess, technically first director of the CIA, um, which was created by the National Security Act in 1947. Now, next up, we got Dr. Van Iver, Van Iver Bush. Uh, He was an American engineer, inventor, and science administrator who, during World War II, headed the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development. Um, They would carry out all wartime and military research and development, including important developments in radar and the initiation and early administration of the Manhattan Project. Uh, Now, this gentleman was basically the head of MJ-12.
1: Probably too smart to be any relation to uh, George W.
0: Yes, no relation to the, the Bush uh, presidential family or those guys. Uh, now, next up, we have Secretary James Forrestal. He was the Secretary of the Navy towards the end of World War II and became the first ever Secretary of Defense under Truman. Uh, now, then we got General Nathan F. Twining, he was a United States Air Force general. Uh, He was the chief of staff of the United States Air Force from 53 to 57. Also got General Hoyt Vandenberg. He was also a United States Air Force general, and he served as the second chief of staff of the Air Force and the second director of central intelligence. This was the DCI different. It was like a precursor to the CIA. Uh, Now we also have Dr. Detlev Bronk, he was an American scientist, educator, and administrator, uh, credited with establishing biophysics as a recognized discipline. Doctor Jerome Clark Hunziker, uh, he was a naval officer and aeronautical engineer, studied and later headed the mechanical engineer studied at and later headed the mechanical engineering department at MIT. Uh, we have Mister Sidney Sowers. Uh, He was once a rear admiral who was appointed as the first director of Central Intelligence, uh, DCI, on January 23rd, 1946. Um, And he would be in charge of the new Central Intelligence Group, the CIG, which was precursor to the CIA. Now, next up, Mr. Gordon Gray, attorney and government official during the administration of Harry Truman and Dwight Eisenhower. He held positions associated with defense and national security. Uh, We also got Dr. Donald Menzel, one of the first theoretical astronomers and astrophysicists in the U.S. He discovered the physical properties of solar chromosphere the chemistry of stars the atmosphere of mars and the nature of gaseous nebulae Uh, he was also a huge skeptic on the ufo phenomena as a whole now then we have general robert m montague a lieutenant general in the united states army who served as commander of the sandia missile base near albuquerque new mexico and finally dr lloyd berkner who is an american physicist and engineer So basically, 1947, you got the Roswell crash, if these docs are true. Now, following that, Truman creates MJ-12 and the CIA uh, in order to kind of like study and mitigate this shit. I mean, I will say this does line up with what we're seeing today. You know, it makes sense. Now, obviously... It's not as transparent. You know, you don't have these videos of these guys on YouTube talking about this shit. Um, But, you know, this was the Cold War. Red Scare, McCarthyism. uh, We got to keep this shit as secret as possible from the big bad commies, you know? And, And furthermore, I'm thinking, is this whole thing just like kicking the can around? Because nowadays you look at these programs, these agencies... And there's just, like, so much red tape into who has oversight into what agency. Um, You know, it's like we've got Arrow briefing the Senate on the Arms Committee subcommittee of Zone B, Sector D, and 45. Like, it's so compartmentalized. And it's like... The issue seems to have maybe started out as this high-level secret group, but it just got renamed, handed down, passed on, shuffled from agency to agency again and again. It's like what we see today with OSAP, Tip, UAP Task Force, Aero, uh, you also saw this in the 50s and 60s, Grudge, Sign, Blue Book, like what do we think in here? You know, any thoughts on like the document
1: sounds bogus to me. <laughs> okay.
0: So you're going FBI yeah, take, official narrative of the I'm FBI. not surprised
1: at all. Well, I just think it's funny that if you, so 1947 is when the crash initially happens and here we are 76 years later and these motherfuckers still can't figure it out. And then now we allegedly have, video evidence of a ufo landing in what was it outside of las vegas
0: oh yeah the recent uh video
1: yeah i heard i heard something about
2: nasa came out and said that it was a meteor or something but who knows maybe it could be disinformation but anyways rob i see you
1: i seen a i mean it looks like some shit out of signs so i can't tell if it's reliable or not but (laughs) I saw what was That's exactly what I thought. I saw what was claimed to be the actual footage that the kid had on like his Snapchat or whatever that they made him delete. Okay. Like the actual footage of the alien.
0: And so now what is this was it what crazy does this sighting now have to do with um MJ
1: twelve? It's it seems like, yeah, it started off as this secret group to figure out what's going on and how to handle it, but it just continues to get handled the same way and no one really knows what's going on and no one really knows how to handle it. And it's been damn near 80 years and they still have no fucking clue what's going on, how to handle if a (laughs) crash actually does happen or if a, if something flies over the U S or if something lands in the U S and actual aliens get out, there's no protocol whatsoever. At least, to my knowledge.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, just to be the devil's advocate a little bit here. um, I I think that, you know, like we've been speaking that this phenomena has been going back 75 years, right? The fact that even at this point, if they didn't figure it out, I mean, this may take hundreds of years for us to figure out, or they're covering it up. They're, they're, they're trying to make it, make sure that we think it's bogus. Like what's written on the, you know, (laughs) in the FBI records, Um, but I mean, in regards to like this stuff here, um, about all the, you know, all the people that were involved in majestic 12, it looks legit. I mean, I, I did, uh, remember, uh, Friedman mentioning that, you know, the admiral is actually a rear admiral, but you know, back then it was like common to just put admiral and things like that. Like it was kind of, it was commonplace to do things like that on like you know, official documents and things like that. But when I look at the list of, you know, the, the titles and whatnot, like it, I I feel like these people would probably be involved in, in an operation of, of what we were talking about. You know, you got an admiral who you got multiple guys that have led the precursor to the CIA. You got multiple guys that were leading the CIA. you got multiple guys that were head of, you know, all these different, very important, you know, I mean, air force, right. You got these air force generals, Um, Because we know Project Blue Book was involved. Uh, the Air Force was primarily involved in Project Blue Book. So, I mean, on face value, yeah. But the problem is, right, like how how can you prove any of it? And to Rob's point, that's the big question that we're trying to explore, right?
0: Right, right. And I, and I think that is like, um, what's my train of thought here? Like, um, you look at this thing and you look at 47 of like, So allegedly, Truman creates MJ-12 and the CIA. He's got all these CIA guys in here. Is it like, you know, MJ-12 was like the black ops side of things and the CIA was like the public facing side? Because we know the CIA was fucking wild when they first came on the scene um, from all.
2: Oh, and we know that they. Covered up many oh, yeah. things throughout our covered history.
0: Covered up, lied, like, dosed you know, people with acid, killed right. people. They did whatever the- f- They were like- the f- It's like the fucking Wild West out here,
1: dude. Still And is. they're probably still doing <laughs> it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think much uh, has changed.
0: Well, so that's where I'm getting at with like kicking the can around. Like It's almost like you could look at this and say, okay, like Rob, you say your biggest gripe is like, okay, it's been almost 80 years. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. And I think my whole point, uh, maybe I didn't sum it up quite right, is maybe it's like just because there's so much like uh, what do you call it? Like stove piping or like cordoned off like black programs that it's not going to be on all these records. Like so these guys are looking at something and they've got the whole picture, MJ-12, but maybe the guys in Blue Book don't. Or like OSAP doesn't have what UAP task force is looking at. And it's just like, it's just kind of so scrambled, you know?
2: Right. And it's not only scrambled, but I mean, I, I would even argue that what, what like, how do we define figuring this phenomena out? You know, are we even at a place technologically, culturally, uh, mentally, scientifically? You know, have we evolved to a, right. Scientifically, do we have the tools to really understand it? And I feel like we may not be there. Okay.
1: May not? We're definitely not there. We're definitely not. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. Good point.
2: Can't really argue with that. I think
1: if anything, if, if aliens were actually to land and come down to Earth, they would have no fucking clue how to handle it. And they would probably fuck it up so bad that they would just probably be like, you know what? I'm tired of watching these motherfuckers. Let's just end it.
0: Well, 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 Rob.
1: Yeah. Or they're just like peaceful. You yeah. Know? I think they're you'll be
0: surprised, us. Rob. I think if we go off of MJ 12, they did handle this diplomatically and possibly signed some treaties with these entities. And, uh, it's been a massive cover up for decades, but that's in our theories. We're jumping ahead there. Um, before we get there, let's get into some, some of the debunkers, some of the naysayers, the skeptics, And I guess also, um, what's the, what's the opposite of a, a debunker, a a believer or a bunker?
2: (laughs) I don't think it's a bunker.
0: (laughs) These are the bunkers, dude. Well, what do you call, what is the opposite of debunker?
2: A validator. Okay.
0: So we got, uh, let's call them the molders and scullies, dude. We got the skeptics. We got the believers. Um,
1: now, what if you want to believe, but you don't yet
0: well, I think you'll i think we've got a little something for everyone in
1: here um
0: and now, so some well respected researchers, like the late Stanton Friedman accepted the m j twelve documents as authentic, and as we said, you know he did a a good deal of research and corroboration to reach that conclusion now still, others considered them debunked. Fugazi, Fugazi's fucking bull spit, you know? Um, Now, the FBI investigation, let's get into that. So, as word was getting out about Majestic 12 uh, within UFO circles, public opinion, that sort of thing, the Air Force and FBI reportedly conduct their own investigations in 1988. Now, the FBI's final determination was that the MJ-12 documents were, and I quote from the FBI, bogus uh <laughs> now
2: don't don't now in fact
0: the fbi published the documents in 93 and wrote the word bogus on each page although in that documentary i think friedman like argues that i th- i don't know if it was the air force or this or some skeptic guy that had them and he wrote bogus and like that then he gave them to the fbi and and that's how they got the documents. So they just published them with the bogus. I don't know if the FBI actually wrote that on there, but I was finding conflicting stuff there. Um,
1: but you know, it- that's that's how the uh, that's how the FBI does a cover up. They just write bogus <laughs> yeah, on it yeah. and publish. That's it. what. Exactly. That's
0: exactly what like we were talking about earlier. It's like when has the FBI ever said, oh? This isn't real and published documents and just handwritten bogus on it. That's like, that'd be like if the Warren commission published the fucking JFK report with bogus <laughs> written all over it. Like, is that a fucking technical term in the FBI? Is that some legal language the FBI uses?
2: <laughs> yeah. And you well, can- the thing is why even post them as official government declassified documents if it's bogus, just don't release them to the public.
0: Well, be, so the argument there, I think, is that like if if the FBI had said nothing or didn't do anything, then all the conspiracy theorists would be like, "See, this is proof that they're real."
2: Well, my point is like if it actually wasn't a legitimate, bona fide, pro- like proven official government document, why would the FBI release it under their in their vault?
0: Okay. See now, see that's a good. Uh that's a good point.
1: And you see, you we just I mean? we just it- write bogus on here, and that's <laughs> yeah. how you know that they're fake. <laughs> this
0: is, well, the, all, this uh, is the fucking all I'm FBI is it- in the eighties. <laughs> they're coming in hungover, and the guy—that's the guy's thought. He goes, "Frank, let—we're just writing bogus on this, and we're putting it out there." <laughs> like, you know?
2: Just- no, but boys, think of it, man. I mean, like, if the FBI really like if they if they received these documents even from a skeptic like with bogus written on them written all over it or if they didn't even have bogus written on them they would have to check to like make sure their official government documentation before they post it on an official government documentation like <laughs> records database or like
0: we said they were too hungover they just said it's bogus we're just going with it guys <laughs>
1: Sir, yeah, it's, it's just, sir, it yeah. says bogus on all the pages. I <laughs> yeah, just put them out anyways.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, cleared. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. It makes no sense. Why would they do that? They just wouldn't release them. It's,
0: it is. It is a bit of a, uh, you know, I should have dove more into like who cleared that. Who the fuck is in the FBI that's clearing this? That's like, you know what? This is a fucking genius idea. Bogus
1: on all nine
0: pages. If they wrote it, or if not, he just put them out with the bogus on it.
1: They reach out well, the to thing the guy. That's interesting uh, to me, can you send us uh, the originals without bogus or them, please? <laughs> they couldn't get the originals,
2: <laughs> right? Well, another question is like, could could I just post if I work for the FBI? Could I just take anything that's published in in public domain and just like post it on the FBI like vault database and be like FBI, you know, like. Declassified paperwork here.
0: Well, yeah, I think I'm sure there's some process for doing that. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's weird. man. It's sketchy. Yeah. Now. OK, so, you know, more skeptical views on this. Now, another known skeptic by the name of Philip J. Class, um, he as well as others have pointed out uh, inconsistencies, we'll say, in the MJ12 papers, uh, like I think, Billy, you were talking about earlier in the doc like using rear admiral versus just admiral. Um, now, for instance, he pointed out that much of the formatting doesn't align with formatting of government documents at the time. But again, there's also stuff that disputes this. I think there was, it might've been in the ancient aliens episode um, where it's like, there's a Z, there was a Z on one of the pages that's like really small and it's because that model of typewriter, the Z was like rarely used and it matches up with the same model that was used by the Pentagon at this time. So there is stuff like kind of proving the typeface. Now there's also, the skeptics point out, use of words like media as opposed to press, which leads them to speculate that the document may have been created in the 80s rather than the 50s. Um, They also note that the dates are listed day, then month, rather than month and day, which is common in the U.S. And apparently, Mr. Moore uh, was also known to use the day-month format in his books and papers. So, you know, there's a couple weird anomalies with the formatting, uh, maybe some red flags here and there. But okay, let's say maybe we do buy this. Now, from the doc, I will say that some of the debunkers... like do seem to reach at times like like very nitpicky shit like you were talking about like oh he used he used admiral when this guy was in fact a rear admiral but it's just like
1: wasn't even a real (laughs) wasn't even a real admiral he was a rear admiral yeah it's like he wasn't yeah
0: like okay yes they're just gonna use admiral they're not gonna write out his full thing um so Dear so your general yeah they use general and he's like well that, this guy was a brigadier general this is absolutely ridiculous that they would call him a general it's just like shit like that which is kind of points me to believe like okay they're just like they're reaching at struts here they're just trying any way they can to debunk these papers um now if we get in
2: well also do they not like no, do they not use the word media or something they're like, oh, they used media and not press. Like, I'm pretty sure people said media.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, that's just like a. I feel like a one-off thing. I mean, are we saying that nobody ever said media before 1980? They you gotta only, take this exactly. down it's to the like, press. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he a press man? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah like, oh, there's this, only one, one of the guys,
2: time. dude. He. Yeah, he sounded. Uh, he sounded like one of those like old 1930s gangsters. Like, I just kept hearing, like,
0: yeah, sorry. Was that uh, yeah. Stan Friedman?
2: Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. He was way too boring for that. He was, like, the like balding dude with the long white hair. He was a G. Friedman? But, yeah, he had, like... No, I don't remember his oh, name. Oh,
0: are you talking about the I, guy who looked like he had, like, a stroke?
2: Yes. And, or, no, there's <laughs> that one guy that was just, like, staring into the camera the whole <laughs> yeah, time. Anyways. Okay.
0: All right. A lot of characters in this documentary. So, all right, let's get into some of the, to some of the bunkers then some of the believers. Um, now, as we said, Friedman did a good amount and spent amount of his own, uh, spent a good amount of his time and money trying to, uh, prove that these things were the real deal. And he does seem to have responses or rebuttals for pretty much everything the debunkers threw at him in the documentary. Um, now one of the more interesting pieces Freeman was able to verify was this. So James Forrestal listed on the dock as, uh, one of the members, he died in 1949. And if you look into actually Forrestal's death, uh, some people even say that in and of itself is a mystery, which, uh, little overview. So Forrestal Secret- first secretary of defense, he, he was asked to resign by Truman and apparently like fell into a deep depression. He eventually like checked into this mental hospital in Bethesda, Maryland, I think. And they went ahead and put him on the, they like diagnosed him with depression and all this shit, put him on these meds. And then they stashed him up on the 16th floor. Now, apparently he was found, jumped out of the window, found at the bottom of the fucking hospital, whatever, um, with only pajama bottoms on and in the official report they wrote nothing about he had a like uh bathrobe tie cord around his neck. They did they left this out of the official autopsy. Um so huh. you know, some argue we got a little suspicious death going on there. And like we saw in the MK Ultra episode, remember the one gentleman that uh they dosed with acid at the fucking retreat and he had like a full mental break and then they threw him out the window
1: the old jeffrey yeah. epstein death <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well this guy got thrown out a window not choked out in a jail cell uh, with the cameras malfunctioning um
1: adolf court adolf coursed himself
0: yeah yeah jumped out of the window <laughs> uh allegedly so that's weird in of itself now this gentleman dies in 1949 now Forrestal's replacement was named on August first, nineteen fifty. A one Walter B. Smith. He was an army general who also became a director of the CIA.
1: Now, is he a real general?
0: Uh <laughs> what do you mean, real general? I think he was like a brig, a uh, one star, uh, uh which is well, brigadier, right? I'm not yep. sure his actual what his stars were. I, you don't have to look. I was it up. just kidding. Um, okay, now. Freeman corroborated with the Truman Library that August 1st, 1950 was the only day in a 10-month span which Truman had met with Smith, and the purpose of this meeting was listed as unidentified. Now, I'd say that's one hell of a coincidence um, If if this was a hoax and whoever got this date right. I mean, that's pretty fucking crazy, right?
2: Well, did they name their meetings, like...
0: Yeah, so, like... like foreign policy Yeah, like, meetings. you see the screenshot. I think they have it in the documentary. It's, like, a screenshot of the meeting planner or wherever they found this thing in the Truman Library, and it's got his, like, you know, meeting on foreign policy this time, and then it's listed the meeting with Walter B. Smith, and it just says, like, un unlisted or unidentified or, like, unknown or just, like, something real fucking... Uh, like um what do you call what's the word i'm looking for here real nebulous real um anonymous yeah yeah so i mean what are we thinking there that's pretty crazy right
1: it's definitely a bit of a coincidence the fact that said harry i took care of that thing for you upstate so i'm your new guy
0: (laughs) okay um now, a, a few more facts. Um, so there is also the fact that no other declassified documents from this time period mention MJ-12, uh, except one. This is known as the Cutler Twining Memo. Uh Now, they discover this memo. Again, this is like I was talking about the secret agent shit. They're getting these postcards telling them where to go. So, allegedly, uh, Friedman and Chandra and more, they discover this memo in the National Archives. And this memo was purportedly written on July 14th, 1954 by President Eisenhower's special assistant, Robert Cutler. Uh, and the memo itself is like really short. It's a little paragraph and it just mentions moving a meeting regarding MJ 12 SSP, um, which I forget what the, I think it's like, uh, special study, special studies project. Um, it mentions moving that meeting, um, but it doesn't really go into any other detail. Um, but just the fact that they found this sitting in the National Archives under a heap of other documents that were declassified and it mentions MJ-12 in there seems to kind of corroborate the evidence they received before. Um, now, again, skeptics in the documentary say that I guess National Archives doesn't really monitor what's going in. So they allegedly snunk this in and kind of planted it as if they found it or whoever was involved in this hoax snuck it. There was sending them the postcards and they found this thing. Um, so, you know, take that as you will. Uh, but there is, it's like, I think this is a legitimate document because they talk about like the pressure from b- like being under a stack for so long and its effect on the ink and the yellowing of the pages. Uh, And I was reading somewhere that Philip Klass, the skeptic guy, he actually lost a bet or or some agreement he made with Friedman and ended up having to pay him $1,000 because he was saying like, this Cutler twining memo is bullshit. They never use like this type of font. If you can find me any other examples of them using this font, I'll pay you $100 per example. And Friedman found like 20 or like 10 examples. And he got a 1000 bucks. So what are we thinking there?
1: Probably more money than he made on that stupid documentary.
0: <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> think he made it. I don't think he made any money on the documentary.
1: So you're saying some guy from New Mexico is sending around undeveloped 35-millimeter film, sending random postcards, and then sneaks into the National Archive to put in a – one little inkling of a memo from well, that's, that date.
0: that's what the skeptics would say. Or you could argue that, I guess, Friedman and them, like, if they made this up... I mean, think about it. Friedman's the guy who corroborated it. Maybe he did that beforehand, then made up the fucking film shit, dropped it at the doorstep. Like, it's an elaborate hoax, you know? If we're going skeptical view. But yes, it does seem pretty... I don't know, pretty far and wide reaching if they're going to that level of like setting up a fucking puzzle national treasure game for them, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's not even, it's literally just mentioning it in a memo. It's not like a full page report from MJ-12 that they found or something, you know?
0: Right, and I think that's all you would really need to corroborate it. Like it's just saying, hey, look, this exists obviously they're not like that shit happens all the time. That's how we know about fucking MK ultra. And that's how we found out about all that shit was through these fucking memos and some slip up somewhere where they declassified documents and it mentioned something. Same with area 51.
1: If only they would have just written bogus on it before. They <laughs> <put> it <out. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If
0: only we had had that brilliant FBI analyst to, uh, scratch bogus on the pages. Um, Now, again, with this stuff, I think there's more, like... Apparently, there's more docs that were, like, secretly sent around in Maryland in the 90s. Although, I don't know if these are necessarily canon, you know? I mean, I was just kind of going off the original eight sent to Sarbacher and these other UFO people. um, Or Chandra, excuse me, not Sarbacher. Sent to Chandra and these other people. Now, but there is also... I guess another piece of corroboration is this Wilbert Smith memo, um, and this all comes from, like, his notes with Robert Sarbacher. So this gentleman, Wilbert Smith, who was, like, a uh, Canadian um he was like a Canadian radio engineer and he worked for the Canadian government in the fifties studying UFOs. He had these conversations with Sarbacher who was like a American electric engineer and he was consultant to the U S on like research and development. Now they go back and forth. And I guess this guy also fucking wrote this memo to the like Canadian department of transportation. And it was saying that, UFOs are real or flying saucers are real and there's a gentleman in the U.S. heading an organization by the name of Dr. Van Iver Bush it kind of like corroborates more stuff and this is like a completely separate thing that was found so you know take that as you will too we've got basically two documents kind of confirming more or less this MJ-12
1: stuff. Yeah, and it's mean, confirming the existence.
0: Yes.
2: Confirming the existence, and I mean, honestly, the fact that there is corroboration with the Cutler Twining memo, even though, right, like, how are we ever going to know if this is actually legit? I mean, if this is actually found in the National Archives, I mean, that's official yeah. government paperwork, so... Right. Um,
0: Not bogus. Doesn't have bogus written on it. So and honestly, like real- I, I don't,
2: I don't really think unless it was like some crazy disinformation campaign that they've invested like, which I mean MJ12 has elements of that within it itself intrinsically. Um, then it, I guess, it might make sense for someone to sneak into the archives and like add that little thing. But I think practically, like they wouldn't go through the lengths. Like the probability of that is pretty low. So. It's okay. pretty, so pretty fascinating stuff.
0: All right, so at this point, you're buying it,
2: right? I'm not completely buying it, but I'm just because you know we always talk about on this podcast. Whenever we talk about, I mean, it, it could be, it it could be you you UAPs, fucking you know, Bigfoot, whatever. Like we talk about the unexplained, and and we always say, "Where's the hard evidence?" Well, we don't have the hard evidence, but there traces to potentially verify that these documents are legit i mean just the fact the fbi released these documents if they aren't official government documents then that's mind-blowing to me
0: okay 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 um now bottom line so it is i guess kind of like you were just saying bottom line there are no physical documents to examine when it comes to the original MJ-12. I mean, yeah, we have the Cutler-Twining memo, this other memo, those physical documents exist, but the eight documents that were originally sent on the 35 millimeter film, they're just pictures on film. So it's it's quite brilliant in that regard if it is a hoax. Um, yet still on the flip side, this does make sense if you if the leaker was smart. You know, you're adding another layer between the leak and yourself. If this was a guy leaking this from the government, fearing for his life, that's a smart way to do it, right? Take pictures of the documents, then you leak the film. That way you can't get caught like that stupid uh, reality winner chick. You know, you guys know that story? You know who I'm talking about?
1: No, not familiar.
0: You know that she's in that um she's played by the chick from Euphoria in that new movie Reality on HBO. It's like a whole the movie sucks. 1 star uh, is my rating, but the whole story is like <laughs> That's this chick wa- <laughs> this chick was a translator. Her na- her real name was Reality Winner. And she was a translator for the NSA and like leaked the leaked some NSA document that There was proof. The government had proof that Russia um, was like interfering in the 2016 election. And she like folded the document and snuck it after she printed it out and sent that actual document to this like news source. And they didn't protect the source. And like the NSA was like, oh, we have a folded document. Hey, you printed this out on this day and they and she's in prison for like five years now or some shit for treason.
1: Nice. Yeah. Damn. So this
0: guy was a lot smarter than her. Um, <laughs> so you only
1: watched it because it was the hot chick from Euphoria.
0: Well, I was interested in what it was because it seemed like some type of like crime espionage <laughs> shit, and I was like, okay. "All okay. right, this seems cool." The whole thing's in like one room. It's fucking stupid, dude. I don't know. Watch it. Let me know what you think. But
1: one basi- star. Don't know if I want to watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, this guy, lot smarter than reality winner. Uh, because he's taken pictures, so there's no way we ever have any physical documents. Now again
1: Montague, wasn't he from New Mexico? Could you not trace it back to him possibly if the stuff that the guy was getting, the source is getting is from New Mexico?
0: This was the gentleman in MJ twelve? Yeah. Uh I mean I don't I mean it's just a post stamp, so like anybody could have dropped it there in New Mexico or some shit.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying who in New Mexico would have access to official documents from MJ-12 if not this guy?
0: I don't know, man. Probably a lot of people.
1: A lot of people have access to top secret documents? I would think so, yeah. In New Mexico. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I doubt that. Who
0: knows if this even came from New Mexico? This guy could have been doing this in fucking Timbuktu, caught a plane to New Mexico, dropped it in the mail. It's like fucking Better uh, Call Saul. His-
1: yeah before he snuck into the National Archives he just no, no, okay. st- <laughs> stopped off in New Mexico like okay, Boston
2: tea party shit or
1: something
0: Okay this is like this is getting so like you're we positing got, that got, this one guy Did all of this This could be a giant fucking operation As we'll see They could have had multiple things It's not like one guy running around In a fucking trench coat Doing all well, this I'm shit <laughs> It's like fucking shit <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: Just it's one not deer. like that I don't think it's like that If it was a hoax Well I'm saying Isn't a whistleblower Is usually someone within the organization Correct?
0: Well, all right. I don't even really know if I'd call this guy. Well, I guess he is technically a whistleblower, but not. Should in we the- call
1: Too Short and ask him his <laughs> opinion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but wait, yeah. hold on. He though does a lot about blowing the whistle. Yeah. Wait, Rob,
2: Rob, Rob. I just, I just thought of something. But Albuquerque, New Mexico, that's out there where like all the all the weird stuff is out there, man. You got the missile bases. You got the. The testing sites for, for like nuclear launches and stuff, dude.
0: Jesse Pinkman and Walter White are out there cooking up Blue Crystal. Some
2: some dude might work in some top-secret facility out
1: there, though. Same right. time. You might find a pizza on your roof out there. <laughs> okay,
0: now... <laughs> now, okay, again, like, it's, also, it is... Also, speaking of
1: one-star reviews, I w- that's what I would give to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Sorry for any of the loyal Legion that's out there, but... Oh. probably the worst place I come on come my, on, uh, we cannot on my cross country trip
0: we're not maligning our great listeners in
1: the state in um the, the great well, I'm not saying the whole yeah. state of New Mexico sucks, well, just in Albuquerque. the city
0: of Albuquerque. It's a great city. It's a fun it? city.
1: Have yeah. you been there?
0: Oh yeah, I've been there.
1: you would recommend it,
0: uh, yeah, I got denied because I didn't have a uh horizontal i d or yeah, yeah, So that but, sucks,
1: just like the city,
0: well, Rob, come on. I don't hold okay. that view, Loyal Legion. If you're if you're listening from Albuquerque, more power to you. All right. Now, now again, I will admit it is like, Rob, like you're saying, if there is some Carmen San Diego going around in a trench coat, this is like something straight out of an action movie. We got a mysterious manila envelope, a roll of film. That's like that movie with... What's the movie where Nick Cage is like the rocket guy? I just want to look at some rockets. And he's and they have to break into Alcatraz. The Rock. It's like the, the rock. rock, dude. Wasn't didn't he give him the secret things on a thing of like film? Um you know, clues, messages, insider info. It is like fucking national treasure, like we were saying. If only this Shandera guy had a fucking ring doorbell, um, maybe he could have seen who dropped this off, you know?
1: Well, Maybe it's Nicolas Cage just sneaking around. You know, he was on his way to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Figured he'd hit the National Archives on the way.
0: Leak some documents. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, we should write that pitch for National Treasure 3.
2: Ooh, uh, the, M- like the MJ-12 alien. 12
0: release. Yeah, the MJ-12 <laughs> National Treasure. Um, now, okay, do we want to get into some theories? Because I think we've already kind of been leaking into that territory. Um now, with the theories, or I guess more like possibilities, with this one, um, the branches are many. You know, there there's a couple ways this thing can go, and it depends on what you believe, or I guess what you want to believe. Um, so, if the documents are authentic, let's say, it's now widespread; they're publicly available. So, you could argue that, like we were saying up top, of course. This would persuade to the government to say, "Hey, this is bogus." I mean, how can we really know? You know, it's the classic "rob" line. That's what they want you to think. Like it is so targeted and on the nose that, like we were saying, the FBI is going to scroll "bogus" across each page and put it out there and release
2: it as. I'm sorry <laughs> that, that that whole right? part of it just I, I just can't get over that. Okay, I need to look into okay. the FBI thing. It's, it's, all
0: right. Now, now let's get into, okay. So we could argue that, all right. Maybe if they're authentic, uh, of course, like the government's going to write bogus on it and put them out, uh, just to throw people off their trail. Now, one br- another branch off is, of course, that the documents are in fact complete fabrications made up by either Shandara, Friedman, or more, or perhaps all of them in cahoots, like we were saying earlier. Um, because we know that Friedman and Moore were huge on Roswell. Uh, Friedman pretty much resurfaced the whole case in the lens of ufology as early as 1968. So he had a vested interest for the Roswell incident to be confirmed extraterrestrial craft, which is essentially what these documents do. Uh, you know, they paint a nice little picture of what happened at Roswell. Um, now, another branch off the hoax Some claim that Moore and Friedman perhaps released the documents as part of an elaborate hoax in order of smoking out actual whistleblowers who were privy to this knowledge. So they had a hunch, hey, the government's hiding this Roswell. They're covering up this Roswell info. They have the craft. Let's create these fake documents that kind of legitimize this whole mysterious plot. We'll release them. bing, bang, boom. Hopefully someone comes forward and says, hey, it's true. They blow the whistle just like fucking too short, you know? What are we thinking here? What are we thinking of the hoax branches?
2: I th- th- this is a very very like tough one cuz they'd really have to go out of their way to well, I guess you were saying that, you know, with Freeman being so involved in Roswell, he would have stock and is actually being like legitimized by government documentation. Right. Um but still, my my big question, and I'm sorry I keep bringing this up, but even if these were fabricated documents that were not official government documents from whatever agency, you know, and it was just handed over to the FBI, let's say that Friedman and all them, like, just, they, they typed it up on their typewriter or their computer <laughs> or whatever the hell, and they they did this whole thing. Like, why... If they weren't actual government documents, then why would the FBI release it on their official page? They could easily just not release it.
0: Yeah, but they it's could easily like not release
2: it and just be like, "Oh, they're they're that dude's fucking nuts. That that's not official government documentation because if it wasn't, they could say that and it'd be true anyways."
1: Or Here's an idea. They just write bogus on all of it. And then we believe that it's bogus and don't even read it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that would point more towards that theory of like, they're feeding you the bogus line because that is what they want you to think. So why even
2: post it on their website? Why feed the bogus thing?
0: Because like I was saying, if they don't feed the bogus thing and they just did nothing, then Friedman and Chandra would say, see, like, they're not saying it's not true. So it must be real.
1: Yeah, they're right. doubling down like, yeah. okay, <clears throat> here, we'll put it out, but this is all bullshit. Yeah. So we're going to put out an official...
2: We're going to say this is an official government doc uh, document from the FBI vault, which means that I would assume they'd go in and somehow authenticate that this is actually a real government document before they release it on their website. That. That, to me, just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess, like, if you can write bogus on it and release it, but
0: I just, I don't know. But I think the really FBI is saying they are fabricated, like, these aren't even government documents. Okay. It's just all bogus. Is that what they're, they're saying? They're kind of, yeah, ex- that's exactly what they're saying, by writing bogus across the face. For <laughs> what?
2: Okay, yeah, no. I, I, I get mean, what you, you, can't,
0: you can't get past this FBI thing.
2: It's, we should have done just,
0: more. We should have done more research down that rabbit hole. But I think it is like Rob was saying. They're doubling down. They're saying, "Guys, this is complete bullshit." We have to respond because we've gotten so much fucking. We got all these fucking UFO dickheads writing us. What's up with MJ12? We'll, we'll just put this out. It's fucking bogus. We're writing it on every page. You right know?
2: and no Jeez. and and I agree with you. I, <laughs> I think they're probably. I think that they, they they would cover it up, but it's just I don't know. Like releasing government documents that are government documents just so you can like cover your ass.
1: Well think about everything the FBI has ever done in regards to something of this magnitude and ask yourself, does this surprise you? Because my answer is no. Okay. Fair point.
0: All right. Now now Friedman has, I will say, gone on record and categorically denied having any part in some type of hoax regarding MJ-12.
1: I, I just wanted to say, I while I want to believe that this is not a hoax and that they actually found this stuff and they had the FBI like on their heels trying to figure out how they could cover it up and they somehow wound up on just writing bogus on the pages and releasing <laughs> it. If it was in fact a hoax, I would like to believe that it was done... It wasn't just some elaborate hoax. It was in order to like get Smoke out the yeah, real to, guys. To get okay. an actual whistleblower to say something. But then, if there is someone actually there that was on the ground in Roswell and they read all these quote unquote bogus docs, and then they're like, this is not what happened at all. Like, they're not going to be like, well, actually, this is what happened. And then what, they, like, fuck up their whole career. So it's, like, uh, I guess, like, one of those double-edged sword scenarios because it's, like, if you go to the link to make up all this stuff that you want to be true and it's not actually in line with what really happened, then who's going to, like, come to bat for you if it's all bullshit anyways? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I get what you're saying, I think. And I think it is, like... When the skeptics say the smokescreen thing, it's almost like they were saying Moore and Friedman kind of hit a... Their trail went cold into their Roswell re- research, so they kind of wanted to smoke somebody out. And this was like a Hail Mary in attempts to do that. Um, so not out of the realm of possibility there. Now, Now, if we want to branch off in another direction, so we'll call this like a PSYOP disinfo theory. So it's no secret, you know, like we said, Cold War has been raging since the end of World War II. Um, It was still going on in the 80s when this stuff came out. Uh, And I believe we got into, like, kind of this whole theory mix-up conundrum in our MIB episode.
1: Episode number 100, if you want to check that one out. Uh, Now, in the
0: early days of the Cold War, the Air Force, uh, which, as Billy said, had been heading up UFO research with Blue Book, Uh, they became concerned that these independent UFO groups uh, might be able to collect actual sensitive information about classified Air Force capabilities. You know, if these guys are snooping around, they're on the outskirts of bases, taking pictures with binoculars, they're eventually going to see some classified shit, you know, test flights, that type of shit. Uh, Turns out Soviet spies... We're also aware of this, and they might attempt to infiltrate these UFO groups. A lot easier to infiltrate a UFO group than the actual government. So, stands to reason that the UFO groups essentially could form a direct line of classified information to the Soviet spies. Now, here's the tricky part. And so, it's like, how should the Air Force deal with these possible leaks? If they arrest the UFO guys for staking out, snooping around the bases, they would basically solidify that whatever they were on to was some of some extreme importance to the, the Russian spies. Now, another way to deal with this is classic government disinformation. Basically leak info to the UFO groups that their observations did indeed pertain to aliens and not actual Air Force capabilities. Now, the reasoning there is Soviet spies, they're not going to take as much interest in claims of flying saucers than of, like, film of an American F-17A fighter jet. You know, they're at, they're engaged with fighting these, like, military capabilities. This is, like, boots-on-the-ground stuff. That's what they're after, not stories of aliens. So, allegedly, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations developed a new expertise, feeding made-up disinformation about aliens and UFOs to UFO enthusiasts, indicating that the United States didn't even have did indeed have deep relationships with aliens now in some cases this information was actually provided in exchange for information about the ufo groups uh data that they have collected on members that sort of thing so you know they're going tit for tat with the government they say hey give us your files on your members um and we'll give you some some of this juicy detail on on our ufo's now f- there's this guy, this gentleman. Uh, he was a former special agent of the U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigations, uh, by the name of Richard Doty, and we talked about him, I believe, in our Men in Black episode. Now
1: old he Dick has Doty,
0: <laughs> yeah. He has stated that he even assisted in the creation of Majestic 12 documents, but it's unclear to what extent. Now one report indicates Doty gave more. Documents referencing MJ-12 as early as 1981. And I was diving more into this and I think it's like uh, a lot of this seems to be tied up with the case of uh, Paul Benowitz, which, again, we could do a whole nother episode for another day. Maybe I'll weave that into Alien Summer. But essentially, this guy was like uh, he was like an American businessman, became a UFO investigator. Um, I think he was retired military. Uh, but anyways, he became like a deep UFO conspiracy theorist. And like we were saying, he accidentally caught wind of some special program and they launched this whole disinfo campaign at this guy and more even like went on record later to admit to like feeding this guy disinformation and kind of causing him to have like a psychotic break. He wound up in a mental institution because he went like crazy. Like there's fucking hell. The aliens are like, he thought his wife was an alien, all this fucking crazy shit. And he thought they were in these bases and there was all this fucking crazy shit with him. I mean, I think that would make for a great episode, but I think with the Dodie MJ 12 shit is mostly tied up with this gentleman. Um, Now the, the U S air force has neither confirmed nor denied Dodie's allegations that the government and military purposely misled the public into believing in UFOs.
1: Uh, It's like that uh, episode of goosebumps where the parents turn out to be aliens.
0: Now, now how is it like that?
1: (laughs) The guy that was going (laughs) crazy thinking his wife was an alien.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying like,
1: maybe he wasn't crazy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, We'll get into that on that episode, possibly. They had, him under, another-
1: they had him under surveillance. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a branch. You could take it with the disinformation. Now, also, allegedly, there's this journalist by the name of Robert Pratt who had recorded conversations with Moore and Doty. Uh, the conversations allegedly exposed that Doty was feeding false information to Moore who wanted to write a nonfiction book with Pratt. Now, when Pratt suggested they publish the book as a work of fiction... More just essentially dropped the whole idea. Um, so if we buy into this, then all along, it's like the MJ-12 documents were classic disinformation. False documents created to play a role in real national security. So they were designed and written for s- specifically for these marks, these UFO marks, uh, who did exactly what they were meant to do. They published them as legitimate, and this whole thing... It's like we were saying last episode, the the waters become even muddier. What's real? What's not real? Um, now, I will say this, even the disinfo campaign, just like the one guy running around in the trench coat, this is one hell of a tale. You know, I mean, what are we thinking about the disinfo government deceiving the public to cover up real special access programs? I mean, what do we got on that?
2: So would this be like the only no? Well, actually, that's not true because we're doing it. We're doing that currently now, I guess, with proxy wars, as you mentioned uh, later on. But that seems like a lot (laughs) of, like, manpower effort and just, you know, for, like, one operation to, like, distract the Soviets from, like, our own black ops, like, technology. Just make up this elaborate UFO story of Roswell and do this, you know, and then tell the American... uh, American public, it's a weather balloon and I don't know, man, like maybe I'm not going to say absolutely not because we don't know shit <laughs> okay. at the end of the day, but it just seems like a lot, you know, like I don't, I don't know why they would go through all those lengths and then have to cover it up and they would have to like, co- it's like doing a disinformation campaign and then like having to do all this extra legwork to like cover up their tracks one time that we know of why wouldn't they extrapolate this more why haven't we heard more more of this stuff happening
0: about what disinfo
2: yeah i mean i guess just like maybe they're still using ufos as a you know if we want to take the route of this is actually this was a psych disinformation campaign like maybe they're still doing it maybe this whole grush thing is but I just, that was my whole thing.
0: Like if this, so we do know that they like the government did launch disinfo campaigns to throw off the Soviets in the cold war and conceal stuff like the SR 71 blackbird B2 stealth bomber, that kind of shit. Um, like we know that's a fact now it is like you were just saying with Gersh, like look at this new stuff coming out, basically saying the same thing as MJ 12 and, who are we in a proxy war with at the moment? Once again, the
1: old Ruskies,
0: the old fucking Ruskies. So it does make you think like, Hey, this could all be a fucking psyop.
1: The classic look over here at this while we're doing this shit behind your back.
2: Right. But why wouldn't there be more alien?
1: Like mean it's currently I, all I over
2: know. the fucking, I think news. they would utilize this a lot more. Well, I mean, yeah, right. So if we're, if we're going to take, I guess, if we're going to go down that rabbit hole and and kind of buy the narrative of that, then yeah, they I, I would believe they would still be continuing it to this day with Grush and with all these people. But Well,
0: see, that's what I, it just lines it, up I don't, I don't if you look it. at like, uh, okay, so we had this shit, UFOs big in the fucking 80s, 90s, uh, when we, the Cold War, the Soviets, the fucking Iron Curtain. Then we have a fucking cool off period. Uh you got the war on drugs, the CIA's doing all their cocaine crack epidemic shit. Uh then that launches us right into a war with the fucking uh with Iran, Iraq, we do all that shit, invade Afghanistan, we're tied up in that for a while, and then oh drum up this whole shit with Russia once again and look what's back in the news. Fucking UFOs.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think on it more. (laughs) I mean, what I want to believe is that they started uncovering stuff that was actually real, but they didn't really have any credible evidence other than finding what they found in the National Archives and having this random roll of film that was pictures of classified documents. So it's a lot easier to just you know, cut the head off the snake there and say, oh, this is all bullshit because they didn't really find anything like super credible. And, you know, obviously there is a lot that the American public doesn't know about UFO research. That's what makes them the American public. As Ryan stated (laughs) earlier, as Ryan said earlier, we have, you know, we have all these examples of like Roswell and you know different crashes happening throughout history and there's always some cover up behind it and I think just to go to on either end of the spectrum like going to all this effort to create a disinfo campaign or going to all this effort to create some crazy hoax I, I like to think it's like somewhere in the middle like they started getting onto something but since they couldn't really find anything to really like break the story open like some real like other than the existence of it it's like okay it's easy to say oh yeah that's bullshit that never existed Than to be then to like open the full can of worms and be like, well, this is actually what they found out. And this is what they did, you know?
2: Well, also I, I just, I just thought too, like if they released kind of jumping off of Rob, cause you made me think about this, but even if they released all this UFO stuff as a disinformation campaign to essentially like, um, like create a diversion and like distract the Russians, like wouldn't you think that, something that ridiculous of intelligence that the Russians received. Oh, the United States is reverse engineering a UFO. Like you'd think that that would maybe increase their covert operations, whether it's human SIGINT, whatever intelligence they're gathering. Why would the United States risk that from a national security perspective as well?
0: Yeah. But, but- I, th- I think the argument there could be made. Cause I was thinking that too. Like the guy, That I got the theory from with the disinfo stuff was saying like, oh, the Russians aren't going to be interested in like tales of aliens and shit. I would think they'd be maybe more interested. But then again, if you look at it as disinfo, we're not talking aliens. We don't have an alien craft. So if the Russians are busy looking for that shit, there's nothing to find.
2: Right. But why like why risk the national security to have increased like counterintelligence operations potentially because of some outlandish, you know, thing that the government released on purpose to divert, you know, it may divert them to like for them to, you know, be just looking at that, but it also might,
0: they might you know find I mean? other, maybe yeah. up, just upping like the their, UFO guys. Yeah. Yeah. I man. mean, yeah, you could look at it both ways. Um,
1: well, well, we also got to go back to the fact that these are the same guys that released all this info with bogus written on the well, pages. Well, d- different so, guys,
0: possibly Rob. These are different guys.
1: True. Not doing a lot of thinking there. I mean, end. what do we
0: know from all? Uh, what do we know from all these fucking like police movies and true crime and shit? Precincts, agencies—they don't fucking talk to each other. The FBI doesn't want to help out the CIA, and vice versa.
2: Yeah, no, there there're definitely divides in terms of like interagency cooperation. That's that's well known. But my only thing is like if this was a psychop, from a national security perspective, you know, they're they're risking even more attention and even more counterintelligence to combat right, potentially.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely a way you could look at it, and maybe that's worth the risk to these uh spooks in the CIA, you know. Um That's true, maybe. Now, let's hop into the theory. Okay, so obviously there's the there's the theory that it's true. Um, and, you know, I've put together a bit of a rant here uh, because this is big if true. Now, if, if true, <laughs> the narrative is boom. Roswell crash happens. It's then covered up. MJ-12 is formed in order to deal with the whole situation. Off-world craft is recovered with an extraterrestrial biological entity cadaver also recovered. Now, from here, essentially an extremely covert program had begun in order to figure out what this tech was and how we could use it, according to Gregory Corso. From here, the technology was dispersed into the hands of American private industry for reverse engineering, so i.e. private defense contractors, most likely Battelle, among others, Um, He also reported that the results of this secret corporate handshake deal produced, among other things, integrated semiconductor circuits, lasers, particle beam accelerators, Kevlar, fiber optics, and other technologies in modern use, all of which came out in a relatively short time after the Roswell crash. The MJ-12 also had the mission of censoring any credible information about extraterrestrials and deleting all traces of third-degree contacts. Thus, enter into the picture of the infamous men in black, keeping the American public at bay by threatening, intimidating, and discrediting anyone who looked too deeply into the phenomenon. And then you got Bill Cooper, a non commissioned officer in the Air Force turned conspiracy theorist, who took it one step further. He says that during 1970 to 73, while working for the Pacific Military Fleet headquarters, he found documents linking an MJ-12 member to data on UFO collapses, recovered crafts, live aliens, photographs, kidnappings, you name it, they've got it. Now, according to Cooper, there are extraterrestrial races which factions of the American government are currently in contact with. Bill English, an officer in the Green Berets, also states that he saw the exact same report. Cooper and English claimed that in 1964 at Holloman Base, an agreement was reached that extraterrestrials had promised technology in exchange for the permission to kidnap people for experiments. Under the same agreement, the U.S. government was to build a number of underground bases in which aliens would be hosted along with their ships and where technology exchanges would take place. These exist in New Mexico, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, including the legendary Dulce facility in New Mexico. And structures in the CIA and U.S. special access programs have a long-standing relationship with three species of alien races, the graves, reptilians, and conformers. What are we thinking there? That's the fucking real story.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know, Rob. <laughs> I feel like we got to get the skeptic in on this one. I'm I'm so curious to hear Rob's thoughts on this.
1: <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of the rabbit hole I was starting to go down with what I was saying last is like, so let's say all the shit Ryan just dropped on us is true. And obviously, You know, these guys didn't even crack the surface of that. They just found, oh, here's some pictures of documents that say this group existed and that there was a crash at Roswell where not only a UFO, but alien bodies were recovered and that they're at some other secret base and they're, they're, you know, trying to figure out what the hell they found. So they got... A story and an existence of some secret group so it's a lot easier to just say oh yeah this is all bullshit like they made this up and then that kind of keeps everyone guessing keeps everyone at bay because I mean to this day like it's never there's so many stories of what happened at Roswell and you know at the end of the day everyone wants to believe that it was a ufo that crashed there and that yes in fact alien bodies were recovered so you know something like that happens obviously they're you would think they're not just going to be like well we fucked this one up so we're not going to go to earth anymore like obviously they're going to come back and try and figure out what the fuck happened to uh, whoever crashed there. So, you know, I'm thinking now
0: you're talking about the aliens.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking, okay. okay. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, maybe they did come back. Maybe they did, did strike up some agreement and you know, no one's ever obviously with the introduction of the men in black, which, you know, skeptic or not, it's, I mean, I, I think it's, Pretty obvious that something to that extent existed within these government agencies around the 50s and 60s because that's when, like, the height of UFO hysteria was happening after Roswell. How many thousands of people are, you know, jumping on the phone saying, Oh, I just saw a UFO, I just saw a UFO. So. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if that is in fact the case because. <laughs> okay, okay. I love it. This is unbelievable.
2: Yeah, not so much the skeptic, huh?
1: Well, because it's like anyone, you have some agency like this, anyone that's on the inside knows, all right, they have this group that's going around basically, you know, murking off or scaring off anyone with credible evidence. So if I say anything, I'm dead. My family's dead. So they're not talking, and you know none of this information ever gets leaked because of the potential scare of if I put this out, I'm dead, and my family's probably dead too. So
0: and the, and they're writing bogus across your corpse.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, although, like from. From the outside looking in, it seems like that would be almost impossible to contain. But it's like if you keep it to a small group of people that are researching and have the knowledge of its existence, then it's a lot easier to not let that secret information get out. And then it's like every time something does come out, it's like just these little like snippets of information it's never like you never see a real video or a real picture of any type of alien being or craft it's always like some grainy shitty like 2002 fucking nokia phone footage of something happening so okay now who knows now but
0: what about like okay like both of you guys i think have said on this episode like no credible hard evidence but we got boxes of memos. We got boxes of evidence, you know? <laughs> like you, these, you could argue these memos are the fucking evidence. That's the paper trail right there.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying- It's
0: not what you know. It's what you can prove. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like for you to fully be on board with like the government has been signing treaties and meeting with greys and reptilians, like you need to see a video or like a live broadcast- For you to believe, 100%?
1: I mean, if the glove fits. (laughs) What does that mean? I'm saying I, I want to believe that that's the case, but I have, like a fucking paper trail of memos saying like meeting with MJ 12 moved to this date or like, Oh, here's a list of the doctors and fucking rear admirals that were a part of this. And they got the bodies
0: from the crash. They got the the bodies from the (laughs) desert.
1: (laughs) That that shows me that it exists. Yes. But it doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything other than, there was a group researching it. So that leads me to believe that there's obviously more to it than just, like, yeah, obviously there's secret groups that we don't even know about that are researching this shit right now, probably, but we don't know shit about it because someone's not over there calling up fucking entertainment tonight, telling them to come take a picture of it with the paparazzi. All
0: right, what do do you think then, Bill?
2: Yeah, so, I, I mean, I really do think, like, this bill Cooper. All right. So he was in the air force and he worked at the Pacific military (laughs) fleet headquarters (laughs) and he just found these documents looking MJ 12. Okay. okay, But no, 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 no. Like that, that may be believable because you know, who knows what he, what programs he had access to, who knows what level of top secret clearance he had access to. As we know, things are very compartmentalized, especially within top secret documents within the government as a need to see or need to know basis. So maybe he needed to know something and he got privy to it. Now, the one thing I wanna mention here is, <clears throat> you know, this is just another example of of some similarities with, you know, everyone that's been coming out the past 75 years really talking about these programs and um, how we're reverse engineering this. Um, I don't necessarily think that if someone comes out and says these things are completely full of shit, I mean, have you guys ever seen the, the movie, uh, that movie, The Big Fish? That Tim Burton movie?
0: Oh, yeah, I with uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor, right? Yeah, dude,
2: great movie. Obi-Wan. Yeah, I actually watched it recently. But uh, what I really like about that movie is, you know, his if you remember the plot, like his father told all these, like, outlandish, just tall tales that seemed so, you know, unbelievable. And at the end of the movie, you find out that, you know, some of it was true. He just exaggerated certain elements of it you know so but it was
0: ultimately bogus it was the fbi said
2: ultimately bogus but it really <laughs> wasn't like the, the no, yeah, in, i yeah. mean yeah. if we're talking about big fish like what he was saying he was s- telling mostly truth just adding sprinkles yes, yes, and embellishments embellishments right yellow isn't that yellow a, journalism so i mean like this whole Guy like story the gray's reptilians and conformers <laughs> thing maybe he exaggerated on that you know and maybe he's <laughs> okay, full yeah. of shit, but at the end of the day, things track right right,
0: okay, yeah, those I will say like the the bill Cooper that was uh going off on the rails. I just kind of threw that in there because I mean this guy we could again do an episode on him he's like a, he's like the Alex Jones before Alex Jones, if Alex Jones was killed in a shootout with the police. Uh, this guy went fucking full on um. Right, but yes, I mean, obviously, that stuff is like a bit out there, or maybe not. You know, going off like you were saying, we got these people coming out, and the core of this, these tales are true. Now, that leads me to re-examine the MJ12 in today's lens, because you look up MJ12, a lot of the articles uh, that I was finding are actually uh, kind of bullshit. Like a lot of them are just a regurgitation of the same stuff and they're not really fact checked. A lot of them also repost the bogus documents, which aren't the original documents. And um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this one, it, 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 it is a conspiracy theory that has seemed to have been mostly debunked in the public's mind. But if we reexamine in today's lens, I'm looking into this thing. And the more recent Wilson Davis memo keeps coming up. You know, this keeps popping up, keeps popping up. This memo from 2002. Um, So this was released to the public after the death of Astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who died in 2016. Now, this is a four-page, fourteen-page document that reports to be the account of a meeting in 2002 between Vice Admiral Thomas R. Wilson and Doctor Eric W. Davis.
1: Well, what do you know? Another fake admiral. Vice <laughs> <laughs> <No, this laughs> admiral.
0: Vice admiral, not not a rear admiral. Uh, now he is sent. So essentially, some research. Like I'll sum up the memo because it's it's pretty long, but essentially. Some researchers were trying to find a special access program that dealt with crash-retrieved UFOs. They discussed this with Admiral Wilson, who was deputy director of the Defense Intelligence Agency at the Pentagon, so he would have had oversight into all SAPs. Now, he does a search. He ends up finding the program, but was denied access. And furthermore, his career was threatened if he continued looking into this shit. Now, the memo also shows that a private defense contractor currently has a crashed UFO that it has been working to reverse engineer. It shows that certain deep, unacknowledged SAP programs are entirely outside of congressional oversight. And he also confirmed the existence of MJ-12 overseeing a crash retrieval program. Bottom line the memo describes a corporate-controlled, highly secret program to reverse-engineer materials recovered from crashed UFOs. Now, very recently, Christopher Mellon, who is, I think, a respected name in the UFO phenomenon, yeah, he was the f- Mellon head. <laughs> no, this is a different guy. Uh, so he is a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, and he had this to say: "Quote."
1: Dr. Davis, author of the famous Wilson-Davis memo, provided specific information lending credence to sensational reports that an official U.S. government program is actively seeking to exploit recovered technology that was fashioned by some other species or perhaps advanced AI machines.
0: Now, if you look at it in today's lens, the Wilson-Davis memo has become a central tool In the present efforts by Congress to get to the root of the UAP mystery at the congressional hearings in May of last year, um, the document was entered into official record of the proceedings by Congressman Mike Gallagher. Um, So the content of the Wilson Davis memo opens up the possibility that there has been a large scale concealed program of research and development for recovered non-human technology within the military industrial complex, possibly going back decades, just like the MJ-12 documents indicated was the case all along. Um, So, I mean, what are we thinking before we kind of round this one out on this Wilson Davis connection, I mean, what are we thinking about this throwing this into the fucking boxes of memos we got?
2: Well, the one the one thing I noticed that was interesting was, uh, you know, how the Wilson memo mentions that uh, Congress wouldn't have oversight. Um, it ties into exactly what uh, you know David Grush is saying right now. So right. That's that's interesting, and it's also interesting that that the government is, has the Congress is actually actually going to address this in a hearing now. To Rob's point, are they going to go back in there, just disinterested and just going through the motions, like you know the hearing that was uh, that we had a, a few months back,
0: or are they going to say, here's a declassified photo of Eisenhower shaking hands with a reptilian? Maybe.
2: That 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 would be the good stuff.
0: <laughs> no. So yes, it is like I was saying with kind of kicking the can around. No agency is going to know the whole thing and the stove piping, and then it's like we talked about, or like you were just saying with Arrow and the fucking no congressional oversight. Just like Grush is saying. Um, but I also think it's interesting in in calling out specifically that like this technology has gone by way of a private aerospace company or like a private defense contractor, um, which it seems like... That's not the like, first time
2: we've heard that either, right? I, I think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean... Isn't that kind of like what, what the whole Bob Lazar thing was, is that there was private defense contractors that were working with them on that stuff? It wasn't just a government program? Right.
0: Well, but he was straight up from... He said he was employed by the government.
1: And I mean, I think... Yeah, employed by. Yeah,
0: so that would have been the government working on it. But I think it is interesting that it's almost like if we go out, if we take this Wilson Davis memo, it's almost like like we said up top, this was kicked around, kicked around, passed down from agency to agency. It's almost like it got further and further from the core twelve of MJ twelve, and it's it's like the government just kind of let this slip into the hands of a private defense contractor, and now they can't even get access back to it private company yeah
1: but it's like think think about all the people that develop stuff like the stealth bomber the sr-71 like that's not the government that's a private contractor right right. that is hired by the government government. so it's like so it's like hey we don't know what the fuck's going on so maybe these guys can figure it out and then they're like all right well if we're figuring it out then you don't get to tell us what to do because We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With your money.
0: Well, not even necessarily their money. If the government was like, hey, we're going to give you parts of these retrieved craft. Uh, Tell us what your scientists can do with this. Maybe there was no sort of funding. It's not like they're going to put out a fucking proposal for the funding on this thing. And then the private company just kind of takes that and it's like, okay, we'll go ahead and fuck yourself because now we got the parts and... uh, we're a private company.
1: Yeah, but they're just they're just gonna run it as a proposal for something else and just keep hiding it and burying it deeper and deeper, you know? Like, oh, it's a proposal for some bullshit that they make up and then that money actually is allocated to go towards. Well, I think that would be fraud. Oh oh. It's the U.S. government. (laughs) I'm just saying. Is that a surprise for you? (laughs) You Fucking audit it. Big surprise.
0: If the company got audited, the fucking government could hammer them and get this shit back.
1: Okay, we're talking about the U.S. government that just left billions of dollars of equipment overseas, and we're just like, eh, not important.
0: All right, I'm okay. Bottom line here: before we round this one out, any way you slice this thing, there is a narrative here on like UFO crash recoveries being reverse engineered. Um, and it's been presented to us over decades. It's this cycle of, Hey, this new stuff comes out. Uh, it's either debunked or, Oh, it's shady. Nobody really knows. Nobody can really say for sure over and over. It's the same cycle. It's almost like whatever comes out is always covered with a, bit of a shadow of a doubt a grain of salt a dash of skepticism
1: a bit of a bit of bogus
0: yes a bit of bogus could this be a kind of back door so it's like anytime something new comes up that looks like something old which is already for the most part been debunked in the minds of the general public there's less interest wilson davis oh sounds a lot like mj12 everybody knows that's bullshit David Gersh, oh, sounds a lot like Bob Lazar. We all know that's bullshit. You know, is is, is it out of the question to think that if this was a planned, thought-out PSYOP, that whoever was doing the planning and scheming um, didn't lay out a sort of, like, contingency plan for an out?
2: You know, could... Well, that's it, exactly what Rob was saying earlier.
0: Right, right. Like, could it be that the MJ-12 documents were planted for a future moment that has yet to play out or is possibly playing out as we record this with all the UAP UFO stuff currently in the news. Like, why is this the narrative that's being fed to us again and again, you know?
2: I mean, look, it's either, the the reason why the narrative is being fed to us is either because it's true or it's a psyop, right? And why the narrative is being fed to us I don't know. Is there a kernel of truth in this whole thing? I mean, it's kind of like you see history repeat itself over and over again. Enough times you're going to start to think, well, hey, maybe there is some truth in this, in in all this bullshit. Or quote-unquote bullshit. (laughs) Because everyone (laughs) everyone looks at this topic, I mean, everyone looks at this topic and they laugh at it. You know, it's like aliens.
0: So... Yes, either it's true and like whoever has oversight has done a very good job of just fucking discrediting and vilifying anyone who comes forward. Cause like you said, it's always, it's always laughed at. It's always kind of scoffed off. Um, or it's type of, it's a psyop and it's, it's pretty much what's been planned to come out is what's coming out. But if it is a psyop, um, what's the end goal here? You know? Like it's like Rob was saying earlier. Oh, it's all—it's a distraction. It's the classic look over here. You don't, while well, you don't know what's really going on, <laughs> but nobody ever seems to have a theory of what's really going on. So, what's really going on?
2: I don't really think that they would realistically be conducting a psyop this long for, for what, eighty to years to distract our foreign adversaries from the technology that we're developing. Really, we're going to do that for seven? Yeah, for eighty years straight, just
0: or something like, else. Keep this
2: secret, just complete fabrication or something else but i don't know man i just i don't really buy that i feel like i feel like i don't know i'm leaning more towards like there's some truth somewhere in there somewhere along the line there's some truth in, in all this
0: and picking piggybacking off this psyop and distraction like is this even a good distraction it's like we just said people laugh at this shit i'd argue that a majority of people don't even really give a fuck um, I mean, you look at every fucking post on, like, the subreddit UFOs and aliens, and they're like, why don't people care that the, the aliens are real? And it's like, mostly UFOs have been so stigmatized that, yeah, people have, like, a curiosity. People are vaguely interested, and they just kind of see the headline articles and say, like, damn, that's crazy. And that's where it ends. So what's the distraction? Exactly. Are, like, are we, the, are we the idiots for looking this deep into this stuff? Like should we basically switch our platform to just like doxing politicians and CEOs of greedy corporations, you know? This is Mike Worth. He's the CEO of Chevron. He lives <laughs> at 1429 Applebottom Street. This is Bill Anderson. He's the CEO of Bayer. He lives at 1911 Swedish Hook Lane. You know, like what like what's the fucking distraction? Why are they like, is this even a good distraction, you know? I mean, what are we thinking? What's going on? What What do you make of any or all of it?
1: I mean, I think like Bill said, you know, it's, it's too long and drawn out to have been a PSYOP, and even if that was the initial goal, then... That's like long since past. And I think that it's. Well, but also
0: if like going off the PSYOP thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same PSYOP. We know the fucking government loves repeating past operations. It could just be. Oh, hey, the new CIA says, hey, look what the CIA did back in the 50s and 60s. And they're just kind of rehashing that. Do it again in the 80s. Hey, we'll do it again in the fucking millennia, you know.
2: But no one gives a shit the general public does not care about this topic for the most part from is that is that
0: because the psyop is so good <laughs> did they do such a good job of de or but, fucking stigmatizing the UFO? But distracting
2: from what though? That's, that's what that's, I, that's what
0: that's the fucking million dollar question that's what i'm getting at everybody always says oh this is a classic distraction and it's like maybe it's some political distraction or some shit like that, but it's like nobody ever has an answer for what the distraction is. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you.
2: And it's the, it's the same resolution for different problems because we're facing different problems now from a foreign policy perspective, from virtually every angle, politically government, like from a government structure than we did in the fifties. And we did, then we did in the forties. I mean, is this, an answer that they're just like extrapolating across the board to just, this is going to solve all the counterintelligence issues that we have in the current state and the current modern world.
0: I mean, who the fuck Why? knows what these CIA spooks think, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I do get it that the CIA, like we've spoken about, they, this is classic stuff, but <laughs> an 80 year long campaign
0: to well, Rob's I, well, point too. But it could not be, it could be broken up. Like I'm saying, it doesn't have to be the same campaign.
2: But then it goes back to using the same, you know, using the same resolution for multiple different problems. Why Why would you do that,
0: right? Oh, they do that all the fucking time. Look at fucking yeah. how they come in and destabilize areas. That That hasn't changed. Never will. Fucking Guatemala, Iran Contra, fucking uh, So y- Afghanistan. So you're
2: saying that like you think the they're using the UFO like narrative as kind of a distraction. They're they're almost just kind of rehashing it.
0: I don't know if it's necessarily a distraction. It's more of like my whole thing is that they're just keeping to basically say like UFOs are stupid, there's no fucking end goal there. Or they don't exist at all because it's like we said, the crux, the core of the story that's always been coming out is there's some type of group that has retrieved a crash and is possibly reverse engineering. That doesn't change. So you could look at that from either that is possibly true and that's been going on and they've, like we said, they do a good job of feeding disinformation and getting things discredited and making it look like a joke or Is it that this all originates from like a single source, like the chicken or the egg? Did somebody somewhere come up with this story and things have just been playing off of that? You had MJ-12, you had Bob Lazar, Bill Cooper, like all these guys just kind of fucking piggybacking off of the conspiracy, so to speak, and it becomes its whole other myth in and of itself.
2: Fair point, right? I I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I think the probability doesn't add up for me personally but Rob yeah I was just
1: saying I think the whole psyop possibility kind of disproves itself by the fact that when this guy is asked to go look at you know secret organizations and doesn't have the clearance for it and then gets told that his career is at risk or his life is at risk for diving anymore into it is like That's a big red flag that something out there exists that they don't want anyone, even a fucking admiral or general with, you know, a high level clearance to even be nosing around. It's like, okay, so there is something deeper than just the government that's looking into this stuff. And they don't even want people sniffing around. I mean, that kind of tells me everything I need to know. You're you have a general in the army getting his life and career threatened, so it's like we're never going to fucking know what that is until it's too late probably, you know?
0: guy was a vice admiral, not a general. Okay. We can't be spreading misinformation. Well, not even a
1: real admiral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right,
0: yeah. So, I mean, who the fuck knows? Like I said, I think... I mean, I don't know. Here, how about this? Let's let's fucking round this one out with our handy dandy rating scale. I'm bringing this back for this one. This is a classic case. Now, what do you guys think? We have a rating here um, for those that haven't heard before. Flat Earth to MK Ultra. Um uh, Flat Earth being the most bogus, then we got the moon landing being kind of bogus, 9/11 undecided, JFK more believable, MK Ultra proven beyond a reasonable doubt what do we got what are we rating mj12 here we go
2: i gotta give it a jfk man <laughs> i mean okay look okay we're we're always talking about we need to see the tangible evidence we need to see the aliens landing on the white house lawn we got to see the <laughs> you know the high def iphone photos of the aliens you know what i mean I mean, this is the closest to I mean, we don't have the physical documents in hand. No one has them. They have copies of them, like we mentioned. But still, the fact that the FBI published them on their website, got to bring FBI up. But still, I think it's a very pertinent thing to help establish that these are, you know, uh, legitimate government documents um not only that but you have corroboration with with the the memo that we spoke about earlier even though it just mentions it briefly that Eisenhower was brief with I mean that was from the library of congress right so um
0: national I don't know archives. I think I
2: don't know if that's National the same place, yeah but, national archives yeah, yeah. I'm sorry
0: Nonetheless but, a uh I don't know I mean I would take that as like legitimate
2: Yeah and I you know I think that there's something here um, you know, obviously, we can't prove it for for a fact without actually having the physical documents in front of us. But it's more than what that than what we usually get right in UFO circles. It's mo it's it's mostly just oh yeah, this guy told me that he was like right. you know abducted and put an, an anal probe up his butt. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, I hear something. Like, okay, yeah. But we finally have something of some substance, right? With with this whole situation and not only that but it corroborates with a lot of what with a lot of the narrative that we've been hearing since 1947 right um now the big question is whether or not this is true or whether this is a psychop. and i personally think that you know i have to agree with rob on this too but I, i i don't i mean yeah it could have been a segmented thing that they kind of are just like re recycling, you know, this UFO narrative as a distraction for foreign, you know, for whatever ulterior motive that they have. Um, but it just seems so like just so ridiculous. Uh, I know that saying that aliens, alien crafts in possession, that probably sounds more ridiculous, but <laughs> I don't know, does I it? don't know, man? Look, I th- mean, if we th- obviously really, I mean, truthfully. I mean, we got we got we got Grush coming out now. He's all over the news, even though he can't really get into the major networks because they won't take him seriously. But I'm not surprised by that, right? I mean, if the government was trying to cover something up, they're going to pay these people off to not have him on to discredit him further, potentially, right?
0: Classic, um, <clears throat>
2: bogus. So man. I don't know, man. Uh, I think this is kind of like some solid stuff, and you know, it's it's. It's something to look further into and like the fact that only like three dudes have really like dug into this just blows my mind. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Right.
0: What's your rating,
1: Rob? I'm actually going to follow suit with Bill here and give it the old JFK myself just because I know I was kind of bad mouthing it earlier in the episode, but I think the fact that There's multiple instances that show that it did exist. And even in that memo that we last mentioned, that even like... Wilson Wilson Davis? Yeah, that even like harkens back to mentioning MJ-12 in it. So just the fact that there's... I mean, like whether you want to say bogus or not, the fact that there's multiple instances where it's brought up at least... For my own personal beliefs shows that it existed and then the fact that, you know, this is there's never gonna be an instance where something like this comes out and the government's just like, Oh, you fucking got us this time. Yeah, this did exist and we're we're researching aliens and UFOs and here you know what guys, here it is, here's everything. Like that's never gonna happen. Like, yeah, they declassified all the UAP stuff, but that still didn't really tell us shit. It just showed us all the instances where people have reported it, where they've like researched it a little bit. And it's like, no matter what, until some shit really hits the fan, like we're always going to be on the outside looking in, I think. So I think for this instance, I, I have enough proof to at least know that there was that MJ 12 existed.
0: Okay. All right. Now, Well, well said, i am gonna take it a step further i'm going to mk ultra this shit dude i am gonna say even if the originals shit are fakes (laughs) original like you said we got boxes (laughs) i said like you said we got boxes of other memos corroborating that at least something by the name of mj12 existed now what that is i don't fucking know personally i do think the government's been covering this shit up. I think Eisenhower did w- meet with the aliens. I think they got fucking underground bases with aliens. I've been fucking, I've been going through this again and again all fucking week. I've been, I've been trying to find the missing links here. Uh, And, you know, I'm, I'm putting together more episodes. I got to figure out what's coming next because I think this is absolutely the case, dude. We have been in diplomatic discussions with these extraterrestrial beings for for fucking 70 plus years, guys. And um, and they're living amongst us on Earth. It's just like fucking Men in Black, dude. And I think you could possibly take it a step further and say that the government has purposely had their hand in these science fiction movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Men in Black, War of the Worlds. All to fucking desensitize the general public, make them think this shit's crazy, and prepare them subconsciously for the coming alien invasion amen to that i mean look <laughs> this ain't no
2: surprise you know like this is not the first rodeo this is the united states government and they have done things in their past they've covered things up they've done they've done some bad things right i mean done, some, on, bad done some, some
1: bad pe- things
0: killed some bad things people ever heard of the trail of tears <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: yeah i mean it's it's
0: <laughs> um Okay, so that's where we're at. We got two JFKs and an MK Ultra from the boys.
1: You know, you'd really think if Men in Black was the case that uh, Will Smith wouldn't have had to get up and slap Chris Rock like that.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> come on. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't oh. mean to cut you off, Billy. Did you have more like you were going to say on that point of like bad shit the government's done?
2: Oh, no. I, I didn't really have anything more to say about that, but it's just it's kind of like, you know, If this was a PSYOP, man, I mean, good Lord. Like, there's so much they'd have to pour into this for so many years. Yeah, and I I think that, like, you know, things with our government, things with foreign affairs are constantly changing. I mean, shit can be completely different tomorrow with the whole, you know, scenario in Russia, right? I mean, it's a constant, like, adapt to change. And I don't think utilizing one, you know, general psyop of oh yeah the alien crashes and we're recovering all this stuff
0: honestly speaking of the russia thing it was actually kind of freaking me out i was reading in one of my older books my older ufo books before we recorded about like uh i mean you know the classic case of like we started seeing flying saucers and they entered the lexicon only after we developed the atomic bomb and they're classically seen around like military sites and then i was thinking like okay you had that boom back in like the late 40s early 50s and then look at it again guys the boom is happening Right when we're in this fucking proxy war with Russia on the brink of possibly World War Three. Do we think something is gonna happen with nukes? And then if you go a step further and think these are possibly advanced AI from from the future coming back in time to maybe study humanity or some crazy shit like that, are they only studying us around times where we fucking use nukes? Are the nukes about to fucking detonate? Is what I'm well, getting I mean, at. Yeah,
2: exactly. And like you think about even in the fifties and sixties you had these like like really, really bonafide, like well-respected officers that were out, you know, kind of manning these uh, nuclear silos, these missile facilities that said that, you know, they were seeing a lot of uh, UFO phenomena around these missile facilities, right? So you can think, okay, well, maybe if we're getting near the brink of some World War III scenario where, you know, nukes could potentially be used, and I say potentially very strongly there, but... At the same token, you know, is it crazy to think that there that we're seeing more and more activity and there's more and more, you know, kind of engagement with this topic because these extraterrestrials are engaging more because we're, we may be, you know, approaching this precipice. Right. This dangerous right. precipice. Okay. And they want to help prevent well,
1: it. Well, that kind of leads perfectly into what I was going to say next. I was just going to say... If you want to jump on the train that, you know, we have some secret agreement with these alien races and they met with our government back in the 50s and 60s and signed up all these treaties and stuff. Don't you think from a perspective of, you know, if you want to, if, if you think that these extraterrestrial beings are so far advanced from what we have gotten to at this stage in humanity and i just find it hard to believe that they only sat down with the u.s government and struck up a deal with them i think they would have the foresight to like hey we need to sit down with every leader of the world and like discuss what we're gonna do next because you guys are about to just fuck up your whole planet and ruin this shit so we're going to help you not do that instead of like, eh, let's show up right after they drop some nukes on people and then tell them that they fucked up. Cause I think that if you're that technologically advanced, that means that you're incredibly like smart and capable of all these great things. So if you see something like that happening in another planet, wouldn't you want to like kind of hit the nail on the head and stop it before it happens rather than, yeah, let's just uh sign up a treaty with these guys and see where it gets us, you know. Well,
0: they did crash, so well,
1: that was just one guy, you know. Um
0: Yeah, but maybe this isn't like maybe we're giving these aliens too much credit here. You know, this could be the diff this could be different aliens than the the ones that built the pyramids. Maybe they're not that smart. Okay.
1: So disagreeing with what I'm saying? Fair point. Huh? You're disagreeing?
0: Uh, I don't know. I just think the nuke thing is one theory. I mean, I think, like, realistically, in terms of MJ-12, if I think it's more realistic that, like, something off-world did crash at Roswell, and it was, like, a one-off thing, and they got bodies and tech. I don't necessarily think that there's live beings that keep on coming again and again until, you know, maybe very recently. Uh, maybe they were coming back to get their brother in or something, but... <laughs> 80 um, years later. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like I said, this is a fucking... We got loads more to get to on Alien Summer, Um so I'll start putting together the next episode, and we can keep the discussion rolling. I mean, we're going to slowly unravel this thing until we blow the whole lid off this fucking phenomenon, dude. Um, mm.
1: You know? A lot of alien loads coming.
0: Yeah. Now... Now, um, so there you have it, guys. MJ12, let us know your rating on this one. Um, Flat Earth to MKUltra, let us know what you think. uh, If you got any thoughts or ideas on the matter. Uh, For this one, I want to cite Brian Dunning, The Secret History of Majestic 12. Skeptics UFO Newsletter Number 44 by Philip J. Class. MatrixDisclosure.com. Majestic 12 Conspiracy by Nikolai Chirac. <laughs> <Shirek>. Uh Nufros.com, <laughs> the Cutler Twining memo. Cutler Twining memorandum. And of course, the documentary we mentioned, uh, the UFO TV documentary, MJ12. Do you believe in magic? Spelled with a J. Uh, like I said, free on YouTube now. Rob, uh, you hated this documentary. I was, I was curious, what specifically did you not like in the documentary?
1: I just felt like it was a lot of back and forth and like how you already kind of pointed out, like all the, all the nitpicking on the side of the debunkers was just kind of like low blows. Like, Oh, he wasn't a real Admiral. He was a rear Admiral. And it's just like, Okay, dude, like if you're really disproving this, you'd have a little bit more to say than just like these little tidbits of bullshit. So I felt like it was just kind of like, also, like you said earlier, like these guys are just grasping at straws, trying anything they can in the book to disprove that any of this was real.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Now, I also want to cite, and I'll link these in the description, the Wilson Davis memo. Um, and then the MJ 12 documents themselves, uh, which I'll try to find the ones without bogus, uh, <laughs> written on them, but I, <laughs> I mean, I, it was hard for me to, I found like one source, but it was transcripts. So it's not the actual pictures. Um, uh, but I'll do some digging on that. Uh, and of course the countless threads and comments by the intelligentsia that is Reddit. Um, and there you have it guys, MJ 12. Um, like I said, let us know what you think and stay safe out there, everyone on that.
1: Yeah. As always, Loyal Legion, thank you for tuning in. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram podcast from outer space, podcast from outer space.com. You can check out our merch. You can check out a little bit about us, or if you want to shoot us an old email podcast from outer space at gmail.com. Um, you know, make sure as you're listening, guys, just go ahead and, uh, you know, whether you're on Apple, Google Play Store, even if you're listening on SoundCloud or Spotify, hit us with that five-star review. Those really go a long way, and, you know, as Ryan said, stay safe out there, guys.
2: Yeah, and, um, whew, boys, uh, I think this is the closest to us all agreeing on uh, on some, some Alex Jones shit over here, but... Uh, <laughs> no man this is a really interesting episode i know i'm stoked for alien summer um i know we're gonna get into some really 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 cool stuff if you guys have any recommendations of what you know you guys are interested in what you're hearing out there shoot us a dm comment in our post let us know what you think you know um we appreciate all the support and with that we will see you in the next episode peace y'all